saw that title and was like, wait a second, we're talking about Halloween movies, right? This is supposed to be what it is for the next, you know, at least 30 days, right? Well, technically, I am still talking about movies. I'm actually going to talk about two movies as well as this really good Netflix show because they're all the same story. Basically, what a lot of people may not know is this hit series, The Haunting of Hill House, from Netflix uh, that premiered about four years ago. And again, this is a very old show, and I'm doing a very old kind of take on it. But what people might not realize is that this is based on a book by an author by the name of Shirley Jackson. Shirley Jackson wrote a... Shirley Jackson wrote the book... The Haunting of Hill House. Her book has been adapted into this show, which is a very loose adaptation of it because, specifically speaking, it's not really 100% of what the story actually is. Truthfully, it might not even be 100% of what I believe the two movies are because there is also a movie, The Haunting, which everybody probably knows from 1999, starring Liam Neeson, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, um, uh, Owen Wilson, and uh, Lily Taylor, who Lily Taylor went on to be like a huge name in horror because she's done films uh, like The Conjuring and whatnot. So it had big names for the 90s. However, this isn't also the first time it was adapted either. This was originally adapted in 1963. It was a black and white film that starred a couple of known actors from that time. I don't really know um, all of them all that well, except for Russ Tamblin. Russ Tamblin is the same actor from the original 1960s um, uh, West Side Story. He played Riff, the main leader of the Jets. So he's in this this uh, rendition of The Haunting of Hill House from the 60s. And those two films are very close in relation, though with few differences about how people essentially get there. So when you're talking about uh, adaptations, you talk about what is probably maybe the better of them. A lot of people are really big fans of the 1999 version of The Haunting. The Haunting was a huge success. It did like, I don't know, it cost like $50 million to make, and I think it like tripled that in box office hits. Like It was a huge horror movie for that year. I remember everybody I knew was talking about it. Now, is it a movie that we still talk about today? Probably not. By today's standards, it's probably still not the best movie or even the best adaptation of this story. Especially when you compare it to something like the Haunting of Hill House TV series made into 10 separate episodes to really drag out the story for Netflix. However, they're not even the same story. The story portrayed in the Haunting of Hill House really focuses on a family of people that are going through similar issues to what the people in the book go through. Now, another thing that people might not know is The Haunting of Hill House is sort of this book that's like books that came out or it's one of those stories that came out around that same around the same times of books like um uh, Richard Matheson's Hell House which in relation they're kind of similar they they they're almost the exact same story in a way with a few minor differences here and there 
But this was around that time and era where, you know, th- this, you know, horror writing was leading towards this. It was all about a haunted house with a with a dark and really disturbing backstory. Now, the one for the the Hell House book, the Richard Matheson, which is a tremendous story, that's also been adapted a couple of times. But we'll talk about that another time. What we're talking about now is The Haunting of Hill House, which these three adaptations, the one that Netflix did for for um the tv series took every individual character's sort of storyline and sort of branched it off into a more modernized version of making it all these family members that dealt with and lived in this house and dealt with what the house was kind of portraying for those who may not not really remember the 1999 version of this story was all about the exploration of the um uh extra not extraterrestrial of the uh uh, of, of ghosts and spectral beings um, by a doctor who was played by Liam Neeson. And Liam Neeson was using subjects who was played by Catherine Zeta-Jones, Owen Wilson, and Lily Taylor. So those three characters were in there to kind of be test subjects in this house that had this really dark and dim background. And the twist of that story is Lily Taylor's character was actually a descendant, I believe, of the the last wife that the man who owned the house had and so she were like the house is essentially haunted by the man who owned it and he kind of kept the um souls of all the children that they had and like who he like had murdered and he wanted to keep them there and she was like no i'm not allowing you to do that and in order for her to save them she had to kill herself, banish him to hell, and then save the souls of all the other dead children, and then essentially lifting the curse on the house. Now, what's interesting about that film is that it's one of the few horror films where a lot of the times main characters in films, you're expecting, like, you learn a certain, like, you follow a certain path with characters, and eventually at least all of them die. It's, It's the final girl theory. At least somebody dies. In this film... Only two people die, but one's more of a sacrifice, and the other one is Owen Wilson, and it's a it's a great scene that was really talked about for a while, about how he was sort of decapitated by this lion that was in this giant fireplace, which still, you know, when, when you look back on it, it sounds stupid, but when you were watching it then, you're like, oh yeah, a, a, a giant metal lion head that the mouth opens... That's in the fireplace, and the fireplace is like 20 by 20. Yeah, all this makes sense. All this makes sense. I'm totally, totally okay with that. So, that's what that film was, uh, the, the version that that film was adapted from and into. Now, you go all the way back to the 1960s version. It's a little bit of a more gray area, though it's still kind of talking about the same like perspective you know the man who owned the house and all the traumatic stuff that happened in the house but you're also talking about the 60s everything's black and white still but it's also that they don't have a lot when it comes to like special effects and visual effects a lot of the stuff was auditory and hoping on um viewers imagination and this is really a tremendous example of when they did that and did it right it worked out in the long run. It really, really was such a tremendous feat to kind of portray this this horror esque atmosphere and really get your, your, your make you feel uncomfortable and get you scared 
with no monsters, no special effects, just pure sounds, facial expressions, and just tension, just filling the tension in the room that you that you're in and just watching it happen and unfold in front of you. Now, the the the, the way the story in the 1960s version kind of follows through isn't 100% the same as the 1999's version, and I don't know if even that one is 100% true to the book itself. I should actually read the book one day. That would be fantastic. I should get a copy of it and read it because I would love to know what the actual story is because I know what I've read Hell House by Richard Matheson. Every version I've seen of what Hell House is is not as good as the book. I've done the same thing with I Am Legend. I Am Legend, I believe, is one of the few movies adapted like four times, four times, and none of them are as good as the book. And people say that all the time, but the book is just has not once been adapted to the likeness of the story that the book is portraying. I should read it so I can get a full understanding of what it is that the story is actually trying to portray. So maybe I can gather a better understanding of either one of these films. Like, even though, or the films in the TV show, even though the 1960s and the 1990s version are similar in in storylines and plot devices, there's still a lot that they differentiate on. So maybe they are the closest relation to the book, I would say. But the the television version is way off. If that was the case, and the television version is way off. Not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that they took that idea, turned it around, and made a really, really tremendously good show about it. I remember watching these long videos of people pointing out all of the little intrinsic details that they put into that show just to show how haunting it really was. Not even just like the scariest moments but like the hauntingness of the house i don't know if any of you remember this because it's still it's pretty old that anybody's really watched this you know we've all moved on to things like the haunting of bly manor and anything else that that production team has done but if you remember correctly there were articles and videos coming out that would show paused shots and screen caps of different scenes where there were ghosts in the house like, behind where scenes were being played out. So, like, you'd see an argument between two characters in, like, the dining room. And if you didn't see it, in the window in behind them, in the very upper corner, you'd see somebody standing there. And if you didn't notice it, you this these videos and these articles were pointing it out to you. And there was at least, I'm going to say, like, five per episode or something crazy like that. There were just so many screen caps, I remember, of people capturing the ghosts and pointing them out and showing like look like you can see eyes in the stairs when she's going up the ladder like holy shit like this is crazy this was it's done so well to think that it's based on some source material loosely that's what i'm saying it's loosely based because you have to compare this this show to two previous movies the two previous movies even though slightly different are still closely related by at least 85 to 90 percent the only thing this film, this television show has in relation to those other two movies is the name Hill House and like, I don't even think the family's name is anything, has any sort of relation. You know, is it like not one story? Oh no, Crane. 
Their name is Crane. And the name of the man who built the house in the two movies, his name was Hubert Crane or Hugh Crane. I remember that. Yeah, let me look it up really quick. Hold on. I have, I have right here. Haunting of Hill House, the book. It tells the story of Hugh Crane. Yep, it, it's Hugh Crane is the man who built the house. So they took this devil person who's keeping the souls of children who have died in this house because he keeps having children and they die, but he's like, I'm not getting, I'm not letting them go. These are my kids, all of that. They took that name and made it the family name for the family in the television show. I remember all their last names was Crane. There was Theo. Um, there was uh, Luke. Luke was the one who had the drug problem. Um, uh, Theo, I believe, was the uh, uh, the psych the like the child doctor or whatever. And she also had psychic powers. And then you had um, the father. I want to say the father, his actual name was Hugh Crane, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong about that. But, um, yeah, let me pull it up here. Let me pull it up. Oh, yeah. yeah. The father's name was Hugh Crane. So they took the evil character and made him into the father who just was a man dealing with how... how out of her mind her his wife sort of was and the wife's name was nell that's right the wife's name was nell nell is the name of the character in the 1999 version who sacrifices herself nell is short for eleanor eleanor they don't call her nell in the 1960s version but they do say eleanor as the per as the lady's name in the 1960s version and that's also the woman who dies so that's a similarity there too eleanor is always dying in all three stories even though the difference is she's she dies in a car crash in the 60s version. She sacrifices herself in the 90s version. And I don't remember how the death actually plays out in this one, but I believe it's also some sort of sacrifice or some sort of thing where they don't they don't really have an explanation to why. It was just kind of this thing where they thought she was losing her mind, I believe, and they couldn't explain it. So that's why they all went down their, their different paths of trauma almost with the whole thing. I should revisit this show, too, because this is a great show. I should do a marathon of all three of them, and then I should read the book. You guys should probably do the same. I don't know if you have time like that this Halloween, but you should definitely do the same. And definitely look up those two movies if you haven't watched them already. I know the 1990s one is um, at least 23 years old by now, um, but it's still worth watching if you were ever a Liam Neeson fan and seeing him young and do things other than taken and unknown in any of these action films he's doing like he's he's a great actor when it comes to doing other stuff as well and then watch the 60s version because you can't beat a good 1960s um, black and white horror movie at least to me and that's why i really wanted to do this because i was going to do a light shining on a 60s movie um, because i have planned for another movie that's about 40 years old for an entry later on down the line that i'll eventually do um but yeah this this whole kind of series all formulating around this book really makes me want to read that book so i think i might do that this uh this halloween and and really finally get an idea of what the actual story is